Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. It's our number two of the extra point on this Thursday, August 31st. As always, join us right here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today, and we have game day. For college football, we have the Florida-Utah contest here. We also have ASU getting the Kenny Dillingham era started with Southern Utah in town. That's 7 o'clock kickoff on the Pac-12 network. But as we typically do, we set the scene with today's poll questions. And let's get a refresher here with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Bob had a great conversation with Elliot Tiford of the Southern California News Group talking all things Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, so you can always podcast that over at KDUS1060.com. And, uh, well, uh, I'll just redo. I'll just, uh, I guess, go to the Twitter poll question here first. The KDUS AM1060 Twitter poll question with the 2023 LA Chargers win total over under nine and a half wins and under remains in front at 57.1% of the vote over sitting at 42.9%. Yeah, and uh, part of our conversation, I knew this was going to happen because there's lots of injuries from last year and guys we needed to get updates on for this year. And uh, that was a large part of the conversation with Elliot for sure. And we're still not 100% sure about all these guys. And uh, we'll see how this works out. I get hopefully a better idea before the season opener for the Chargers against Miami uh, in uh, the you know on the 10th of September. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. But uh, I think that uh, they're still not completely in the clear picture for some of these guys kind of makes this a little difficult to tackle the nine and a half wins. We'll answer that question around 1130 today. Now for the KDOS1060.com poll question here, which local team is more likely to win more than four and a half wins this season, ASU or the Arizona Cardinals? And the masses are on ASU at 75% of the vote, Cardinals sitting at 25%. That's actually coming down every time we update a little bit. So it was like 100% when we started at 9 o'clock. Uh, you know, a couple things. You know, these numbers have changed uh, in the last, you know, few weeks, months, etc. As far as months with the Cardinals, you know, they were five and a half almost, you know, when I first saw season win totals back at the end of April, first part of May, somewhere in that ballpark uh, at five and a half. And uh, it's gone to four and a half pretty much everywhere. There's even a couple of fours out there now in the worldwide uh, immediately, that was a reflection of the Colt McCoy. You know, cut they cut him on Monday, and I know within an hour there's at least one sports book, uh, not here in Arizona, but in Nevada, that immediately went to four. Uh, so not very highly thought of there. Also, the ASU win total seems like five is the was the universal number. Now it's like four and a half, and those that that went from five to four and a half at a lot of places, at least in the state of Nevada after the Sunday 
announcement that they're gonna the uh, the, the self-imposed bowl ban. So that went down a half game in a lot of places in the state of Nevada, a lot of places that have a lot of uh, you know, high handle and uh, volume. So we'll answer that question as well around 1130. Uh, we'll take your phone calls in this hour at 1115-602-260-1060 is the number to chime in. So the Arizona Cardinals made some additional moves off of the waivers yesterday, claiming offensive lineman Tristan Colon from the Jets, uh, tight end Elijah Higgins from the Dolphins, offensive lineman Keith Ishmael from the 49ers, offensive lineman Elam Manning from the 49ers, cornerback St- Starling Tom. Thomas from the Lions and safety Kayvon Wallace from the Eagles. To make room here, the team released wide receiver Daniel Arias, offensive lineman Marquise Hayes, uh, safety Javante Moffitt, offensive lineman Ben Still, and tight end Blake Whitehart. Uh, but to your point here, certainly claiming six guys off of waivers is 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 a lot. As far as I know, and I don't have a list, and I'm, there's not a chance in hell I'm going to go through everybody's claims in the NFL the last few days, but it seems like that this is the most that any team has claimed in the entire league, which is not unexpected. We knew that this is going to happen. That There's going to be roster changes, I'm guessing, on a weekly basis and maybe even a daily basis between now and game one of the season. Uh, we've seen more trades in the NFL, not just the Cardinals last Thursday, uh, but uh, a lot of trades in the, the last 10 days or so. And I'm guessing that that's going to continue throughout the now until week one, uh, the season, at least until games start a week from tonight. Uh, so we're going to see a lot of that. But uh, uh, the Cardinals, of the guys they added yesterday, I actually know a couple of these guys from college. But I think it's safe to say, and you know, if you're picking somebody off of waivers right now in the NFL, uh, not much accomplishment for most of these players or hardly any of, or maybe none of these players, quite frankly, at the NFL level. Uh, so I don't think it's, uh, I don't think they really signed anybody that's going to immediately make an impact, uh, even for this roster, at least, you know, as I mentioned, immediately. Uh, you know, some of these guys might act eventually you know, become you know, contributing players, but uh, uh, you know, the fact that they were still out there in the street yesterday or you know, the last three days before the uh, official announcement yesterday uh, doesn't say, probably doesn't say much for their NFL career so far. Uh, you had quarterback Josh Dobbs, you had tight end Zach Ertz, and you had head coach Jonathan Gannon meeting the media yesterday. A couple of takeaways from each of those three guys meeting the media yesterday. When asked about starter expectations, quarterback Josh Dobbs said, quote, I would say for myself, every time I step in the building, I put starter expectations on myself, and I know the QB situation uh, will play out however the coaches see fit. But for me, I come in ready to compete, push myself in excited to be part of it and the team one other thing is that they really want that there were a ton of questions about his familiarity with the playbook his familiarity with offensive coordinator drew petzing as well as uh the quarterbacks coach for the arizona cardinals uh he says obviously similar schemes to cleveland but every coach has their own nuances that they like to put on the playbook even though it might be similar terminology every playbook has its own different spin to it but certainly really uh appreciates the relationship with drew and izzy and he was excited uh, when he was traded. Okay, well, I'm not sure what he's supposed to say, so good for him. Um, also, I'm still chuckling uh, when I heard Gannon mention on Monday that they're not going to name a starting quarterback. 
uh, before the Washington game. And, you know, he all but said it was for competitive advantage reasons. I'm paraphrasing there a little bit, but I don't think the Washington football team really gives a damn who the starting quarterback of the Cardinals uh, would be uh, in week one. Um, you know, I think the, the Washington defense was actually very good last season, and now it's even healthier, and I think they've added a couple of more you know, key players. I think, the, I think the Washington defense could be really good this year. I don't think the, there's any competitive advantage involved here is whether the Cardinals name a starting quarterback or not. I don't think Washington even cares who the Cardinals starting quarterback is going to be. Kind of funny to that point here, Jonathan Gannon was asked, you know, how comfortable is Josh Dobbs? And it was very short answer here. He just said, yeah, very. He went in there yesterday and operated accordingly. Then asked at the end of the press conference, how ready is Clayton Toon to be a starter? And he says, yeah, I think he's ready to go. So he's just not, uh, you know, real willing to uh, play any hand whatsoever. And to your point, what he was saying on Monday, the competitive advantage. Yeah, I guess if I, you know, if I had to, if I'm Washington, I would rather see Tune and just, you know, that first play, his first drop back on uh, on Saturday against Minnesota, is one of the dumbest football plays I've ever seen. I don't know how a quarterback at any level of football uh, cannot see, uh, you know, it wasn't even his blind side. He had no idea that the, uh, the, the the edge rusher was going to get there. Now, I'm sure that that guy was supposed to be blocked, but he didn't even see him. I mean, how it's right in front of you. Uh, so I, that's, uh, I'm sure that uh, you know Chase Young, uh, who I assume is going to play week one uh, for Washington, that might be a lofty assumption considering his NFL career so far, uh, that he and the other pass rushers, of which they actually have four guys that can rush the passer in Washington, uh, I think that they're just kind of chuckling when they – I'm sure – I don't even know if they've – I assume that they've watched that play and seen it so far. Uh, if they haven't, they're going to chuckle when they see it. Well, it's funny you mentioned about Chase Young here. I just saw this scroll across that uh, he's not cleared yet for contact after the preseason right. stinger that he suffered in uh, week one of the preseason. That is correct. So – and it's – you know, he's had massive injuries since he's been there and uh, – you know, we kind of got tired of saying last week that this might be the week that Chase Young comes back. Uh, and then he didn't. And then he did. And when he did, he wasn't great. So we'll see how this goes. But they've got they've got a tremendous defensive line, uh, one of the best in the NFL. And they, they have defensive tackles that can get to the quarterback. The other thing that caught my attention uh, for Jonathan Gannon meeting the media yesterday here for the Arizona Cardinals, he was asked how much Kyler's return was in the thought process and how many quarterbacks stayed and were a part of this roster here initially on the 53-man roster. And he says, yeah, when Kyler's healthy mentally and physically to play, he'll play. That obviously led into part of our decision that he's ready to go. When he's ready to go, he'll be out there. He'll get out there. Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, that's, I'm, once again, I'm not sure what anybody's supposed to say about this. I don't think anybody, uh, you know, I don't think it was realistically a, a, you would expect Murray to be playing anytime soon during the season. So the fact that he's still on the pup list and means he's out the first four games of the season into October now, I don't think anybody should be surprised about that. And, yeah, you know, somebody who has been a skeptic of Murray since about five seconds after they drafted him, I uh, think anybody that's holding this against him is completely wrong. 
I mean, what do you expect him? You know, it's a medical miracle if he's out there, you know, doing anything uh, right now uh, or early in the season, for that matter, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, certainly starting on the pup list there, and I don't think anyone had expectations that he would be a starter for week one. I just think it's— Oh, there were some people out there that had expectations, apparently. Uh, so, unrealistic well, ones, I think. Uh, but correct, when it, <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to, I guess, overall here and what Jonathan Gannon said, to your point about what else is he supposed to say, because there's lots of national media and interpretations and diving into Kyler's contract and what the injury guarantees can mean and how all of those things get triggered this season, along with the conversation about what does these moves mean in terms of putting themselves in a position, whether it's their own pick for number one overall next year or Houston's pick for number one overall next year that they're primed and poised to move on uh, to try to select Caleb Williams. Uh, Certainly Jonathan Gannon is not going to mention anything other than when Kyler's ready to go, he'll be out there. Agreed. Uh, Also, to my knowledge, um, I don't know if anybody that got cut by the Cardinals got claimed by any other team. Um, you know, there was some Colt McCoy talk out there, but the Patriots, but they brought back both of the quarterbacks that they cut. So that's out, out the window now. Uh, and Corey Clement, maybe he's just shot, and I'm just looking at him wrong. But I didn't see that he signed anywhere, and I tried. I did a little Google thing, but that was late yesterday afternoon, so maybe something's happened since then. But at least at that point, he was not an NFL roster. I haven't seen anything this morning for Corey Clement there, but we'll keep monitoring uh, those sorts of things if they land on any particular rosters. Uh, for Zach Ertz meeting the media here, he was specifically asked if he'll play next week. Uh, and he said here, I don't think it's for certain by any means. Still some things I need to go through, need to see how I recover, practice consistent days in a row. Then he went on to say how he has to earn the trust of his teammates and the coaches and that he doesn't just expect them to plug him in and say, this is the Zach of the past 10 years that he'll be the same in year 11 true if he shows anything on the field between uh now and the trade deadline uh you know, the nfl community you know, would give you a almost close to 100 percent chance that he gets traded before the deadline unless there's some kind of deal going on that you know with his family situation here he and his wife both want to be here apparently that is the only reason that I cannot imagine if he's healthy that he's on this roster after the trade deadline. I will say one thing about his wife, Julie Ertz. She announced this morning that she is officially retiring from competitive soccer. So uh, she was part okay. of the World Cup team. She uh, worked her butt off to, to get herself on that roster after giving birth to their son, Madden. Uh, and it looks like she's also stepping away from her Los Angeles, uh, what is it, the... Uh, Angels? Yeah, don't do, don't be asking me that. Hopefully, they should not be. If they're the Los Angeles Angels, they need to change their <laughs> uh, you know, team name because they're they'll, they'll be actually connected with the really bad Los Angeles Angels. Yeah. So I'm sorry. It's Angel City. I knew it was Angel something. Oh, okay. Angel City, okay. and they are based in uh, Los Angeles. So I knew there was okay. something in there for Angel. Uh, right. One other thing on the Arizona Cardinals here that I saw yesterday from ESPN that uh, former Arizona Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes testified that a team executive gave him a burner phone to communicate with former. 
GM Steve Kime under orders from Kime and team owner Michael Bidwell during Kime's suspension. Um, so that is according to a deposition that was obtained by ESPN. We'll see if there is anything more to come with that loss of draft picks, fines, etc. But that is something that we'll have to, to monitor as that was uh, underway in regards to Kime's suspension from a couple of years ago. Yeah, I don't even know what the NFL would do at this point. You know I mean, unless Kime wants to get another job somewhere at the NFL, I don't know what the the deposition is for. But whatever. Uh, I I didn't know anything about this till you just said it. But uh, that's kind of my initial, literally my initial reaction. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to make sure we had time for in regards to the NFL, uh, the news this morning here about Gil Brandt passing away at the age of 91. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously you had him on your syndicated program for many years and you've had the opportunity to converse with him in a football type setting and give you the chance to talk about him a bit. Yeah, and actually, I'm pretty sure we had him on here uh, the first couple years I was in town. I had him on, uh, you know, somewhat of a weekly basis during the football season and my syndicated days. And he was never short on opinions, which was perfect for me. I was, you know, come, come think I'm usually not very short on opinions. Uh, so there's that. I also uh, got to see him over the years at some Cardinals training camps, whether it be in Flagstaff or in Glendale. I uh, always enjoyed talking to him, and he was a true um, NFL, I'm going to call him a pioneer, uh, and he had a, certainly a plenty to do with the growth of the NFL. Uh, I haven't had any time to really watch ESPN this morning. Got a lot going on, unfortunately, here. I wish I would had more time, but I'll definitely try to pay attention this afternoon nfl live i assume is on at one o'clock i don't know if it's preempted for the the u.s open or not seems like everything in the planet is preempted for either little league baseball the last two weeks or you know the u.s open this week and i know that that show's not been on in quite every day at least when they're usually on in a certain station but i'll uh, i'm gonna tune in at uh, one o'clock and hopefully that's on espn or espn2 and uh, certainly I, I, I would be stunned if the NFL Network doesn't devote some of their time on total access today. Uh, it seems like Mac, Mike Yam is the, the everyday host on that show, which is uh, great. I think that's tremendous because I wasn't a big fan of their previous host. Uh, so, uh, you know, Yam, who used to work at Pac-12 Networks, who we had on this show on the Sports Zone many times over the years, glad for him. And I think the show is much better because he's on it and the previous host is gone. Football fans and golfers can come together to raise money in honor of NFL coach Vince Lombardi and support organizations that help prevent cancer, provide the best care to those fighting it, and find a cure. All happening September 16th at the Talking Stick Resort. Join the fun and help fight for a cure. LombardiFoundation.org slash Lombardi-Southwest-Open for more information. That's LombardiFoundation.org slash lombardi dash southwest dash open taking place september 16th at talking stick resort and golf course your phone calls if you'd like to join the program 602-260-1060 is the number 602-260-1060 we'll dive into more uh major league baseball and college football it's happening here in the extra point on kdos am 1060 online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports
HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. 602-260-1060 is the number if you'd like to chime in. We'll have a little bit of phone call time if you'd like to use it. 602-260-1060. As it is for the Major League Baseball uh, waivers, you have until today in order to claim someone off of waivers to have them be eligible for the postseason this year. And there's been a couple of things taking place here. I have seen that the Reds claimed Hunter Renfro, according to some sources to ESPN. But, Bob, you have a list of other acquisitions that were made yeah just a few um you know this is more than we usually have at this time the reds have claimed not just hunter renfro but also harrison bader a couple of outfielders uh this should help the reds assuming that their suspect at best manager david bell actually plays those guys uh the reds organization for reasons that are just mysterious to many uh especially if you watch the reds the uh, L.A. De La Cruz, he's the third best shortstop on their roster, but he play he should be playing third base, but he plays shortstop every day. Uh, so who knows? Uh, they've got they they seem to have a different outfield alignment every day, and these are two guys that are outfielders. Uh, so I assume if they claim them, they're going to play them, and the Reds are obviously still in playoff contention as opposed to Cleveland. Uh, which added Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Matt Moore off waivers from the Angels. I know at least two of those guys are free agents at the end of the year, Giolito and Lopez, so I'm not sure. I think it's too late for Cleveland this season, so I'm a little, you know, maybe they just think that uh, we get them in our building, and uh, they all, the, the, the Cleveland organization has a reputation of developing pitchers. Uh, so maybe they can you know, have them long enough to think that maybe we can get them to sign long-term contract extensions to stay in Cleveland. Uh, I would be very interested in Giolito if he stayed in Cleveland because, as I mentioned, they've done a tremendous job with pitchers. A lot of speculation, though, that Terry Francona is going to step away at the end of this season. He's obviously had a lot of health issues. Uh, the third thing that kind of caught my attention here is the Milwaukee I don't think this has officially happened yet, but there's. I know that there was talk like an hour ago uh, that they were going to add Josh Donaldson, who has just been god-awful uh, for the Yankees, really for a couple of seasons, but especially this year. And uh, they just let him go. I mean, I don't think there's anything to do with uh, – I don't think there was a – you know, kind of like you know the, Angel, the Angels, for instance, are trying to save money uh, by letting all these players uh, you know, put them on waivers and hopefully they get claimed by somebody. Uh, I think the Yankees, it was just, he sucks and he needs to go. Uh, but you know, Milwaukee, they might need a DH because Carlos Santana uh, has had some uh, you know foot issues here in the last few days. He's been gutting it through and played some. Uh, so maybe he get, uh, Donaldson would get some uh, DH time. It's a good hitter's ballpark. Uh, and uh, obviously it looks like Milwaukee is going to be in the postseason. Uh, even though they did lose two of the last three days to Wrigley to the Cubs, but so those are the ones that caught my attention. Uh, the the you know the Angels thing, those guys going to Cleveland, 
is uh, seemingly getting the most headlines. I think the one that has the most actual baseball influence and could uh, really make a difference this year would be the Reds adding Bader, who's a tremendous outfielder, and Hunter, uh, Hunter Renfro, who is a very good player, all-around player, and another really good right fielder. Uh, will the Reds actually play those guys in center field and right field every day? I uh, hope they do. Uh, even if I were if I weren't a Reds fan, I would hope they would do that because that gives their team the best chance to win. But this is David Bell, so God knows if he's going to do that or not. When it comes to baseball today, not much happening uh, as the. Four, I think there's only like four games, right? Yeah, exactly. Like and the Tigers yeah. and the Yankees are currently underway with the Tigers on top, three nothing in the bottom of the fifth. You have the Marlins and the Nationals, the Giants and the Padres as they start their four game set, and then the Braves and, then and the, the Dodgers. One. Correct. Yeah, first of four games. I'm going to try to watch the ASU game with some intent uh, or intently. Uh, but it's going to be hard for me not to be watching uh, like every pitch of the uh, Braves and the Dodgers for the next four days. Well, let's talk a little bit about college football here. It is week one, and it gets started tonight, and it's Florida at Utah, 5 p.m. on ESPN. Florida plus 4.5, Utah minus 4.5, over-under sitting at 43.5. This line has been all over the place uh, be basically wow. because of Cam Rising and whether or not he's going to participate in the contest here. And he may not play tonight for the Utes as he's returning from his ACL uh, injury that he suffered in the Rose Bowl on January 2nd. Uh, Kyle Whittingham told reporters this week, quote, if he's not ready, then we'll go with plan B. Plan B is likely redshirt junior Bryson Barnes, who would be expected to start, and then also potentially throwing in a dash of Nate Johnson, who's a redshirt freshman, and he could be used as a change of pace quarterback for the Utes. Well, Cam Rising didn't help matters any. Assuming he was quoted correctly, uh, on Tuesday, he said he was going to play in this game. Uh, that had to do with a lot, you know, some of the line shift. Uh, I remember Pac-12 Media Day, which seems like it was like 10 months ago at this point, quite frankly. Uh, but at Pac-12 Media Day, you know, the, you know, Whittingham immediately said that, you know, Rising is you know, questionable for the opener before he was even asked the question about his status. But, you know, Rising quoted this thing like i said i didn't hear him say this but he was quoted as saying in salt lake newspapers so i assume he said i'm going to play thursday night or something along those lines and now it seems like there's no chance he's going to play tonight uh espn in the last hour also reporting that and i guess they're uh, part of their sports center crew is in salt lake city for this game is that right i thought i heard that last yesterday they were going to be in salt lake city live uh so uh Maybe they, they should know, I guess, if they're there. But uh, you know, this is another reason college football drives me crazy because uh, these injury report things, you never nearly know who's playing until like the game actually starts sometimes. Uh, the Big Ten last week, uh, very quietly, I don't think it was quietly, but you know, didn't get much attention, uh, announced last week that they're going to release injury reports for every team uh, I think it was 90 minutes before the game starts, and that's something that actually some teams have been doing, not necessarily just in the Big Ten, but kind of random teams around the country for a few years, including Ohio State. Rich Rodriguez used to actually do that. They did it the day before when he was at the U of A, 
And uh, it's very helpful if you are trying to wager on a college football game, if you have any clue of who might actually play in the game that you're wagering on. Uh, Speaking of the Florida side of things here for this contest, uh, it's going to be Graham Mertz at quarterback here. Ricky Pearsall continues to be an important uh, wide receiver for the Gators. And then they'll have Montrell Johnson Jr. and Trevor Etienne both at running back for the Gators. Uh, But the expectations, maybe this is a hot seat situation for Billy Napier. I guess. I mean, I have no idea what's going on in Florida. I mean, I... I'm really disappointed. They couldn't do better than Graham Mertz uh, unless he's just in tre- tremendously improved. Yeah, he was the, I believe he was in high school in, his, in Nebraska when he was in high school. But it was a big deal when Wisconsin got him originally. A huge deal because Wisconsin, other than Russell Wilson, has had some suspect quarterback play, really good offensive line play, excellent running backs over the years. But when they got Mertz, it was supposed to be, whoa, they got a quarterback. And then Graham Mertz has pretty much sucked in his couple years, three years maybe, at Wisconsin. I guess it was the first year he was there. It was the pandemic year, so I guess that's three seasons ago. But, uh, yeah, he was bad. And, uh, you know, I need to see you know, Ricky Pearsall, former ASU player, God bless him, uh, because if he went to uh, Florida to catch passes, I don't know if he has a quarterback that can actually throw the ball to him accurately. According to the Associated Press's Mark Long, uh, he covers, you know, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, but he also covers the Florida Gators. And he was on uh, a show this week and he kind of unraveled that um, Florida asked if Cam Rising was willing to transfer there. So that's kind of interesting. Oh, I'm sure that's true. I, I guarantee you that there were you know, multiple quarterbacks in college football. <clears throat> Many of them transferred this past year. I'm guessing that there were uh, – I have no idea how many, but I'll just stick with the multiple thing. Uh, I'm certain that they inquired about multiple quarterbacks transferring to Florida before they end up with Grant Mertz. A couple of other games here that we'll run through quickly. NC State at UConn, 4.30 p.m. CBS Sports Network. <clears throat> NC State minus 14.5. UConn plus 14.5. Over under 45.5. Brennan Armstrong transferred in, reuniting with former offensive coordinator Robert Anai from Virginia. Uh, you also then have NC State on defense ranked outside the top nine in both rushing and passing explosiveness allowed last year and UConn ranked 6th in rushing rushing explosiveness and 54th in passing explosiveness here with Jim Mora in his first year with the Huskies. Yeah, I got not much to offer here other than you know, Jim Mora as a coach and uh, you know, UConn went from one of the jokes of college football to a bowl team, I believe it was a bowl team last year. Yeah, it was a bowl team last year. Yeah, first time since uh, that- 2015, I think. Yeah, so that's about it. But um, I have no wagering interest in, quite frankly, any of these games. But uh, you know, that's uh, that's pretty much all I can offer on the game. That got game game tonight. NC State lost its quarterback from last year. He transferred. So you know, who knows. I don't know. I'm (laughs) sure somebody probably does, but it's not me. Nebraska at Minnesota, 5 p.m. on Fox. Nebraska plus seven, Minnesota minus seven, over under 42 and a half. You have Nebraska's new era with Matt Rule. If you just look at what he's done with Temple and Baylor, he turned those programs around. But if you look at the pattern as well, it didn't happen in year one. So what are the expectations now for the Huskers here with Matt Rule? In addition to that, Minnesota was a nine-win season last year, but you have 
have Tanner Morgan who left the program. You have uh, Ibrahim as the running back is also gone, plus half the defense is gone. So curious to see what happens here with Minnesota and their former nine-win team last year. Yeah, I think most importantly, their offensive line is pretty much in the NFL after, you know, they had like three or four guys that are in the NFL. They were really good in the offensive line. And, uh, you know, they, they I have no idea what the thing. I'm going to watch this game and hopefully learn something. But uh, I don't bet much college football in September because I had very little success for the most part when I tried. And I think it's even more absurd to bet college football early in the season unless you've somehow seen teams play because the transfer portal has changed the landscape of the, of the entire planet as far as college football goes heading into a season. I think it's impossible to actually know who is playing and starting, not, injuries notwithstanding. I mean, I don't think there's any idea. Uh, most teams, I have no clue who's uh, – actually going to be impact players from one game to the next until I see some games. Remind me to ask you this question tomorrow when we get into the Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. If there is a general philosophy here of kind of looking at some teams and selecting the unders uh, just because of maybe some rust and, and even though you're not maybe necessarily playing the toughest of opponents, college football doesn't have preseason so just kind of curious your thoughts on that so remind me to ask you that tomorrow in friday's show because it's poll question time on the other side of the break Need social information about KDUS AM 1060? Try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. August 31st, Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you here in the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. As we typically do in this segment, we answer today's poll question. So let's get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question, which is... This is a favorite question from Bob for the week. Uh, which local team is more likely to win more than four and a half wins this season, ASU or the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, uh, this is uh, I've been trying to figure out how to phrase this for weeks. <laughs> so I was actually, I think, somewhat fortunate that after uh, the ASU self-imposed bowl ban, on Sunday, that uh, several sports books, uh, in fact, pretty much every place in Nevada, moved it from five to four and a half wins, and the Cardinals are already sitting at four and a half, even though if you want to shop around, there are some fours out there. If you think the Cardinals are going to go over, there are some fours out there that you can find. Anyway, so there's that. Um, I'm not, there's not a, I've been doing this for 22 years here locally. Uh, there's not a football season that I've been more pessimistic about both teams than this. Uh, as I mentioned uh, at the start of the uh, sports zone today, I would, uh, would not be surprised if they didn't combine for more than four and a half wins, quite frankly. Hope I'm wrong. I'm going to say for the purpose of the question here, I think that ASU is more likely to win more than four and a half. I haven't seen them. 
Uh, you know, maybe I'll you know, change my tune tonight and be enthusiastic. I doubt it. Uh, but I just don't see, you know, I don't think they're very good, obviously. I know the Cardinals suck. I've seen them plenty in, uh, you know, two preseason games and one practice, three preseason games and one practice that we went to a couple weeks ago, uh, more than a couple weeks ago. So it was the week before the first preseason game. And that they're going to be they're the, they're the worst roster I've literally ever seen in person in an NFL field, ever. And uh, so they're not going to be good, nor do they want to be good. So, and I'll blame them for that. I would be tanking too if I were them. Uh, but uh, you know, just for the purpose of the question, uh, maybe ASU catches fire. Maybe Rashada is really good and a big difference maker. I think that's the one case I could make for ASU going over four and a half wins. So I'm going to go with that case and stick to it. So, Even though I don't, I would never bet either of these. So just kind of uh, taking a look at ASU's schedule here. So they're hosting Southern Utah tonight. Uh, then they're hosting Oklahoma State. They're expected to have a down year, but still could be presenting a challenge here uh, coming into Tempe. And then versus Fresno State, there are some expectations for Fresno State in the Mountain West. So whether or not that, you know, how that's going to unfold could be somewhat of a difficult non-conference schedule here. Then you're hosting Utah. USC, you're at Cal, you're hosting Colorado, the unknowns of Deion Sanders and that whole uh, roster overhaul that has happened there in Colorado. You're at Washington, you're hosting WSU, you're at Utah, you're at UCLA, you're hosting Oregon, and then you're hosting U of A for the Territorial Cup. That's eight home games, uh, but you do have some unknowns with this particular schedule. The expected teams of USC, UW, Utah, UCLA, Oregon uh, all have some expectations for themselves this year. When I look at that, though, versus what the Cardinals are currently doing here, I have question marks about how they're going to generate a pass rush. I have question marks about uh, the corners. I have questions about now the offensive side of the ball. There's a lot here. Plus, you look at their schedule, and not only are they facing the 49ers and the Seahawks a couple of times per year, they also get the AFC North this year, which is expected to be a pretty formidable conference. So with all that in mind about you know what's going on with the Cardinals roster and the rebuilding and retooling process that they're undergoing, plus their schedule, I would lean in the direction of ASU. Okay, I'll just add one thing. I'm glad you called him Deion Sanders because I, I'm pretty sure that uh, I wondered whether he actually uh, changed his name to Coach Prime because <laughs> anybody that's on uh, television, they just call him Coach Prime and they don't, you know, in fact, all the the Fox ads, they're on the first two Fox Big Saturdays or whatever the hell they, whatever the hell they call that thing on the, the big game on Saturday. They're the first two weeks. Uh, would be them, uh, and it's you know you know it's nice that Dion actually still has his name, but nobody wants to just you know and just because he calls himself that doesn't mean we have to, you know you know, we'd have to you know, basically acknowledge that he's Coach Prime, and uh, if they win some games and wins the uh, they do you know win some primetime games maybe he'll be Coach Prime, but give me a break it's Dion Sanders. Yeah, I mean, he was primetime Neon Dion when he was a cornerback, but, you know, let's well, see what yeah. happens when uh, he's right. he's a coach. Nobody loved Dion more than me. I mean, I, you know, I love athletes that talk a lot and back it up. And when he was in his heyday, he was the king of that. I mean, he was reminded me of like Muhammad Ali in his uh, Ali's heyday. 
when Dion was his, you know, at the top of the, his game, yeah, he talked smack during games, before the games, after games, all the time, but he backed it up. I'm all for that, but you know, this Coach Prime crap is driving me crazy. 71% is on the ASU side of things. 29% is on the Cardinals. That's KDOS1060.com. Flipping this on over to Twitter at KDOSAM1060. Bob had a great conversation with Elliot Tiford of the Southern California News Group talking about the Los Angeles Chargers. So the question here, over under nine and a half wins. You know, I think this is a huge year for Brandon Staley uh, as head coach. Can he get this team over the hurdle? You have to make the playoffs. You have to win a playoff game. In addition to that, they clearly have made an investment now in Justin Herbert as being their long-term quarterback. They've also made an investment in trying to facilitate his strengths by bringing in offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, who is going to push the ball down the field. Uh, so now the question marks are, can they stay healthy on both sides of the ball? Um, I don't really see 10 wins here, but I can certainly see nine wins. Uh, I think it all kind of depends upon health. It kind of depends on some of these games that come down to to decisions that are made from the sidelines here uh, also just looking at their schedule one thing that popped up to me here is that they will be playing on the road um, against the Cowboys and then it's a short week and they go on the road to play the Chiefs and that's week six and seven so certainly there are some things there that I don't like and then week five is when their bye comes and that's just really early for me uh, so I would say under nine and a half wins yeah, me too, even uh, for the purpose of the question. And um, I know there's at least one ten in Nevada. Uh, so I'm making a phone call about that this afternoon to a friend of mine in Nevada and see uh, if we can get down on the under 10. Uh, also, I'll add, uh, I just lost my place again. I'm really bad at this. Yeah, me and a computer. Yeah, that, uh, that's you know, never gone wrong before. Um uh, here we go. Uh, they have really two difficult schedule stretches. First up, four of the first six games against teams that made the playoffs last year. That's not an easy way to start. They've got some guys we're not 100% sure they're ready to go for the season. Uh, you know, they had a lot of guys hurt last year. You know, they've you know, wisely not played guys in preseason games. Um, some of them, you know, a couple, you know, like the defensive line, did those guys play one snap in the defense in the uh, preseason, which is probably good, at least the front seven, uh, which is a smart thing. So I wonder the health things, uh, but there's a really difficult start to the season. And then also the last three games of the season are a, a pain. Uh, and remember, Herbert has not been good in the last two years. They play Buffalo at Denver uh, and Kansas City at home. That's the last three games of the season for them. The Massets are on the underside of things at 57.1% of the vote, over sitting at 42.9% on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. We wrap up this Thursday, August 31st edition of Extra Point on the other side of the break. He, of course, is Bob Kemp. I'm Kayla Mortolaro. We do this with you Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. One final segment to go right here on KDUS AM 1060. Tune in weekdays to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp from 9 to 10 a.m. on KTUS AM 1060, KTUS1060.com, and with the KTUS 1060 app.
wrapping up this Thursday, August 31st, a game day in college football as week one gets underway right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS 1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. One final segment to go here, Bob. It's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else sipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, plural, L.A. Chargers, a season preview with L.A. LA Tiford of the uh, Orange County Register and Southern California News Group, ASU and Cardinals football discussion with Doug Haller from The Athletic. Tomorrow at 9.15, it'll be the finale of our 32 teams to preview the NFL season with the Los Angeles, Los Angeles, I said that before, the Las Vegas Raiders. They've been in Los Angeles for a long time, like three cities ago. Uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders. Also, Sound of the Day, courtesy of uh, Pac-12 Network, Fox, CBS, MLB, and also uh, NBC SP. It's supposed to be NBC Sports Philly. Okay, there you go. NBC Sports Philly. Uh, I've heard of them. Uh, And also, special thanks, as always, to uh, Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Coming up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio uh, Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, and the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Beerstein from 5 to 6. A couple of things here. Uh, Nebraska women's volleyball played their game in the football stadium. It ended up having 92,003 fans in attendance, making it the most attended women's sporting event in history. Uh, its normal venue seats 8,000, but uh, that's pretty cool that 92,003 fans came to watch Nebraska take on Omaha. Gary Woodland, uh, he is a golfer, former U.S. Open champ. He announced that he's having surgery September 18th to remove a lesion found on his brain. So best wishes there to Gary Woodland and what's expected ahead for him on September 18th. For college football, Florida at Utah, 5 p.m. on ESPN, Nebraska at Minnesota, 5 p.m. on Fox, and ASU football hosting Southern Utah, 7 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. But I know that you're most excited for, Bob, the Braves and the Dodgers. That's true. We'll be watching the football, though. I promise I'll be in and out of those games uh, to some extent. And Watching ASU, I got a roster ready here for ASU because I don't hardly know any of these players. And, of course, tomorrow, Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Looking forward to diving into more of week one around college football and seeing what we can learn, not learn from the weekend ahead. But excited for Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. One other thing of note, the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation is excited to take its 50-plus year history of -of one-of-a-kind charitable golf outings and events to Scottsdale, Arizona for year two of the Lombardi Southwest open September 16th at Talking Stick Resort. For more information, visit LombardiFoundation.org slash Lombardi-Southwest-Open. LombardiFoundation.org slash Lombardi-Southwest-Open. Everyone have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. Looking forward to talking to you tomorrow.